Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Financial Coaches Podcast. I'm Maria Casillas, and I'm joined by my incredible co-host, Cody Sizemore. Cody, welcome. Hello, hello. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing really well today. A little bit chilly where I am, which I know you wanted to smack me when I say it, mm-hmm. but, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's relative. So um, other mm-hmm. than that, I'm doing really well. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, today, I'm actually really excited to talk to you about this, Cody, because this... I. One of my favorite things to do on this podcast is talk about things that are affecting the people that we are serving. And I know that that's the case with this particular topic because people are coming to us and saying, this is affecting me. How do I overcome this? And that that stoppage that we're talking about is identifying an ideal client. So just wanted to bring this to your attention because I know that that's an important thing for you. Like, you know that, that there's some importance in there. And I sometimes swing the pendulum the other way and I'm like, eh, ideal client client, you know, like let's, let's focus on something else. Uh, so I know that we don't always have agreement on the importance of it, but I think those are sometimes the best discussions. <laughs> so, so I'd love, and I honestly think that when we parse this out a little bit, we're going to realize that we actually have a lot of agreement in it, but it's just the way that we're taught about this that I I think um, it's going to create some, some fun dialogue. So let's jump right into that, if we may. Tell me a little bit, uh, Cody, about what is your experience? You've you've invested lots of money in coaching, so you've had Mm -hmm. experience and exposure to lots of different approaches. What has been your overall experience with this whole idea of having to identify an ideal client in order to even start your coaching practice? Yeah. um, Well, what I will say is that different people have different approaches to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But almost everyone says that it's super duper important. Okay. Which, Which I would agree. It definitely is. But I don't think that it's like the thing that you need to spend hours or days or weeks mm-hmm. or months or years <laughs> <laughs> developing. Like it, I don't think that it's like that important, um, right. but it is important to have like a good idea of what that ideal client looks like. Um, and you know, what I've seen. I, oh, sorry, I was just going to say, no, that's okay. And I'm sorry for interrupting. I was just going to say last week we talked about some very tangible, practical things that you need to have and some things that would be nice to have, but we don't want them to stop and not move forward if they don't have. And I would say that this is one of those things that's maybe not so practical and tangible, but it is mm-hmm. one of those mindset things that falls into that category of this is something that you absolutely need to have in order to get started. At least that's how it's thrown out there. And it's something that stops people from actually moving forward. So as you and I talk about this, I just want you guys to listen about, like, I would put it in the second category that we mentioned last week. This is something that is important, but it's probably something that will develop over time as you are bringing in clients and you don't need to have it, you know, completely defined. I'm using air quotes here for those of you who are not watching us on YouTube. You don't have to have it completely defined before going out and finding quote the uh, ideal client. Okay. Yep. So go on, Cody. Yep. Yep. That's, that's exactly where I was headed with it oh, too. Um, sorry. 
no, you're good. When I was, when I first started, it was very broad. I, in fact, I probably didn't have an ideal client. I just wanted to help anyone who wanted help. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much it. Yeah. But then as I started heart. working with people, I started to realize that I get enjoyment and fulfillment from working with a certain type of person. And then I also feel very drained uh, or frustrated with working with a different type of person. And that's where I kind of like over time, just like through trial and error, I then realized who my ideal client is. And now Mm -hmm. I know that. And now I run with that, but I would Mm -hmm. have never have known that without actually like giving it a chance to actually develop, you know, like we can't can't just like say like, this is who I'm going to work with no matter what. And I'm not going to work with these people Mm -hmm. no matter what, because we don't actually know until we actually work with people. That's right. It's kind of like reading a parenting book by somebody who's never parented a child and they give you Mm -hmm. all of these really, you know, incredible approaches and and things that you can do (laughs) in order to create that great child. And then you're like, Um, yeah, real life looks a little bit different than that, that little, you know, few words on a page. And so it's as you experience things, as you go through the trials and errors of being a parent, that's when you start to find your parenting style. And you probably incorporate some of the tips and tricks that are from that book, but you end up creating your own, right? And so it's going to be very similar to that. Cody would never have identified an ideal client had he not brought in clients because that's mm-hmm. how we find out right yep yeah yep. yep we can't be paralyzed by this question even though you know people will market to you that it's like a foundational piece to have um you can't be paralyzed with it otherwise you'll never be able to give it an opportunity to actually develop you know yeah what I mean? so let's address the elephant in the room and ask ourselves why is it set out there as a foundational piece. What is the benefit of identifying an ideal client? So at least we can say we address that and then we can talk about some of the other stuff too. Yeah. I I think that, you know, I think that people want you to niche down um, so that, you know, you're, you're making the most of your time and efforts, right? Like, like if you're, if you're someone who is a, um, a personal trainer for basketball players, let's just Mm -hmm. say, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you don't want to put energy towards marketing to, you know, someone who, um, who's like a professional hot dog eater. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you know, like, like, Hey, those exist. I, I, I thought you were going like, you know, football or something. No, you went to That's professional went hot dog first. eater. That's where my brain went at first, but I was like, no, I'm going to get really crazy with this. I but, love it. You know, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, you, know, you don't want to put time and energy to market towards the wrong people. Right. Uh, because that's just waste time. It wastes money and, and it leaves you feeling frustrated. So people, you know, they say that it's a very foundational thing because they want you to put your efforts towards things that are going to give you returns. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it comes down to marketing is what it sounds like. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a big part of it, but also um, just to make sure that you're aligned with who you are working with mm-hmm. to where like the value that you bring to the table is going to be received. Well, you know, mm-hmm. like if I'm a basketball trainer, and I talk to that hot dog, hot dog eater, they're going to be like, why do I care about my layups? You know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to eat 
hot dogs with mustard. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so it's important to uh, identify who it is that you're speaking to in your marketing, and it's important to know that the people that you're helping are going to be are going to be well helped by the by the services and the talents that you offer. Yes. Okay. Yep. So those are really important reasons to know your identity to identify your ideal client. You know, I've noticed Cody that. A lot of people just jump to, and this is trainers too, not just people receiving the training, but they jump to the demographics of people. So when somebody says, you know, you need to identify your deal client, it's very easy to go, well, I want somebody who is, you know, in this particular generation and or age, and they have, you know, um, this many kids, they're married or single, et cetera, et cetera. Things that you'd fill out like on a census form. What are your thoughts on that? I think that that's good to know. Um, you know, like if you like working with a person in a certain age uh, bracket, then cool. It's good to know. If you mm -hmm. like working with people who make a certain amount of income, um, cool. It's good to know. Like some people don't want to work with people who make low income. Some mm -hmm. people want to, you know, work with high income earners. There are other people who want to work with people who have, who are low income earners. So it's important to like know that kind of stuff. But what I have found is that the demographics are not nearly as, as important as the other aspect of, of identifying the, the ideal client. And that is the, the psychographics of mm -hmm. who you're actually working with. And what I mean by psychographics is more so of like who they are, the right? psychology like what their, of what the their character qualities are, yep. what they're like as a person versus what they do for a living or how old they are mm -hmm. or their marital status. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, because you know, me in particular, I like working with, with millennials so, you know, people between the ages of 25 to 45, I like working with people who make a moderate to high income. Um, and I like working with married couples. Mm -hmm. That's, that's who I like working with, but I have worked with people who are, you know, 20 years old who make a low income and they're single with no kids. Mm -hmm. I have worked with, uh, you know, people who are in their sixties and they're about to retire their kids are grown and gone and you know, they make a decent amount of money. Like, but if I just pigeonholed myself and I said, no, I'm only working with this demographic of people, mm -hmm. then I wouldn't be able to help the other people that really need it just because they're not like who I would ideally like to work with. But you know, the reason I work to. with those people, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the younger kid who's single and doesn't make a lot of money or, you know, the, the married couple with the kids that are out of the house and, you know, they're, they're just about to set up their retirement. The reason that I chose to work with them is because of the qualities that they had and mm -hmm. the type of people that they were. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I had learned over the years of, of my coaching. And I think that that's more important. I agree. So would you say that there's a pretty common thread between those two that you just mentioned and the millennials that you kind of gravitate towards? Is there a common thread of qualities, of values, of, you know, mentality, way of life, that kind of stuff? Is that accurate? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, because there are certain millennials that I've hopped on the phone with that, you know, they are millennials, they are married, they do make a good income, like whatever it might be. They hit all those all boxes the demographics. in the demographic mm-hmm. and the yep. demographics. But the psychographics, the type of persons that they are, I don't vibe with. Mm-hmm. And I've said, hey, I don't think that, you know, this is going to be a good relationship. You know, I don't say this then directly, but in my head, I'm like, this isn't going to work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead, I'm just going to give them like a free resource to, you know, help them out a little bit, send them on their way, tell them to keep in touch, that kind of thing. And if things change in the, in the future, cool. But if not, no sweat. Um, I've turned away my ideal demographic because mm-hmm. they were not my ideal psychographic. Yeah. I am so glad that you said that because I think what that ultimately boils down to is that it really is more important about the, the psychographics are way more important than the demographics. And, and it's because I, let me ask you this. Have you ever turned down somebody who met all of the psychographics for you, but didn't necessarily meet the demographics? Um, Yes. Yeah. And was it because they didn't meet the demographics or was there some other reason? It was, it was more so because they didn't meet the demographics. Um, you know, if, if I just, if I hop on the phone with someone and maybe they're like, they have like the right mindset, they have the right character qualities and all that kind of stuff, but their situation is just so, so tight or just so such a mess that I feel that I personally wouldn't be able to help them with my skill set. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to enroll them just because I want to work with them. You know, right. like I, I want to make sure that anyone that I do work with, that I can feel very confident that they're going to step into my program and they're going to do well. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's um, probably more along the lines of their resources, not so much because they weren't the right age or, you know, that they mm-hmm. didn't have the right marital status, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Now I'm actually glad that you brought that up because I, I do think that uh, it's really important to have the balance of both, to know what both of those are. I just, and maybe it's because of my psych background, but I just have this feeling that if you're going to be turning people away for not meeting one of those two areas, it's most likely because they don't meet the psychographic that, <laughs> that you actually have in your mind of yep. the people that you connect well with. And unfortunately, yep. I just think so many uh coaches and programs, they focus so strongly on the demos that they forget about the psychographic. And it just seems like that seems to be more of a, of an important thing to really start to hone in on. So as you are listening, especially if you listened last week and you're like, I'm kind of beginning and and I don't know where to start. And you're kind of trying to figure out who is my ideal client. I implore you to start with the psychographics. Figure out like what are, do your own value assessment. What are what is important to you and what can you bring to the table for individuals and start to figure out who it is that you like to work with. What type of, if I can use that description, what type of person or, you know, group of people do you want to work with? And then the demographic part, you'll start to, like Cody did, you'll start to gravitate towards people and people will start to gravitate towards you. And then you'll look for patterns in demographics. I think that's probably one of the easier ways to look at this. So you kind of, you kind of fall into it by finding the patterns that are naturally there rather than sitting at your desk, racking your brain for specific demographics. Um, And then when you find that pattern of those demos, 
then you use that in your marketing strategies. You start to know, okay, so where do those people tend to stay? Where do they tend to hang out? That's why you want to know some of those demographics. So it's not that it's not important. Um, so because you, you need to know if you're, if most of your people hang out on Snapchat and you're sitting over there in LinkedIn, you're going to have a really hard time finding people that way. Um, mm-hmm. but if you've got, a bunch of people in LinkedIn and they're not the right people for you, you know, that's not going to be fun either. So I guess that what I'm saying is start with what feels good. <laughs> I don't usually say that, um, but who do you enjoy working with? Uh, so then you can look for the patterns and then know where to market. Yeah. It, that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, if, if you start working with people and it, there's a certain person that you really, really enjoy working with and you, you have your meetings with them and afterwards you feel very energized. Mm -hmm. Then I would start asking yourself that question of like, why do I feel energized? What about Mm -hmm. this meeting? What about this person makes me feel energized? And you know, what are those qualities that, that that person possesses? Yes. And then if you hop off the meeting to where you feel very drained, um, I would also ask yourself that question. Like, what about this person is making me feel drained after this meeting? Um, And make note of that and, you know, make a list, you know, like Mm -hmm. maybe you like working with people who are driven. Maybe you like working with people who are hard workers. Maybe you like people who, you know, don't make excuses. Um, You know, those are, that's, that's my psychographic. Like I love working with people who have those qualities and like Mm -hmm. they, they persevere through things. They have fortitude, you know, like they're, they're optimistic. They, they aren't like, you know, they're not victims. Uh, they aren't people who push things off. They aren't people who aren't consistent, like stuff like that. Like Mm -hmm. that's who I don't like working with. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and if you can identify that, you can start having your consultations and you can pick up on those kind of qualities just based off of how they talk. How they talk about their situation, what their outlook is on it, um, you know, how they perform at work, you know, what they've done in the past to try and fix it, like all that kind of stuff. Like that stuff really starts to become very obvious when you're having those conversations on the consultation and then you can make the decision, okay, this is someone I want to move forward with or not. Yep. Yeah. So we're basically providing this order of operations for you. Uh, we're not saying that what you're learning out there isn't valid or that there's not a place for it. We're kind of just flipping things on its head. We're asking you to, to kind of go backdoor it a little bit, you know, start at one spot where you figure out what feels good and then you can start to, you know, backtrack into what they're teaching you out there anyway. So again, there's value in all of it. Uh, we just, for us, it's just really important that you get started. We don't want you to be so worked up about this that you that you don't go out and help the people who are literally waiting for you to go and help them. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate you having this conversation with me, Cody. I knew that we were absolutely on the same page. Uh, we just, you know, had to hash some of that out a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know mm-hmm. that there's just so many opinions out there that that's what's going to happen. We're going to just have these conversations and hopefully we gave our listeners something to think about and a, a way an approach to start working this out for themselves. I will say that um, Cody already mentioned writing this down or making note. I know it sounds cheesy, but this might be a really good place to start, not necessarily journaling if you're not a journaler, but don't 
don't let those observations go unnoted. That is super important. And I know he said it, but I just want to make sure I hone in on that because this, what you observe and note now will absolutely have an effect two, three, five months from now. And it will help you to develop that, that true identity of an ideal client for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome guys. Well, Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope to catch you next week for another episode of the financial coaches podcast. And, um, you know, let us know how things are going. You know, if you, if you have a breakthrough with your ideal client, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ideal client, uh, funnel, I guess you could call it like <laughs> narrowing it down. Right. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. let us know. And a really good place to let us know that is in our, Facebook group. Uh, the Facebook group is called new money habits, financial coaches. Um, so hop in there, you know, join it, let us know how things are going and, uh, you know, give us some feedback. So we'd love to see you there. We have, we of course always appreciate you tuning into this, uh, this show every week, and we will be back again next week for another episode that's going to be jam packed with value. So thank you so much. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.